Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. It's bonus day. It's Sunday bonus day. I know as I speak, it's Friday, but it's Sunday bonus day. And Sunday's the day when we tackle the national news uh, in general. And I'm happy to say that is uh, my effort to be as bipartisan as I possibly can. I've gone on a great search and an expedition to find Republicans willing to come on the show with me. And it's not easy, D, okay? Why don't Republicans like me? I don't know why. Uh, But uh, (laughs) I find, and the only Republicans I could find are a couple of Republicans who don't really feel at home with the Republican Party. So I think it's like a metaphor uh, about where we stand uh, in our political situation now. So I'm really happy to to uh, introduce uh, D. Bobian and Marcy Love, two Republicans to the Ben Jarofsky show. I believe, um, Marcy and D, you are the first Republicans ever to be on my show. So You're welcome kidding. to my show. Thank you. Yeah. Do we get a blue ribbon? <laughs> you get an elephant. Tell me. Do, Where's our yeah. elephants? <laughs> do we have horns? Uh, no, you do not okay. have horns at all. No. Although I must say uh, that Marcy Love is wearing an elephant pin on her. I am her. not. Uh, you are not wearing it. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think, before we get the interview, do, uh, have we ever had a Republican on? Uh, Spazzato, is he not? No, oh, no. Spazzato voted for Trump, but he's still technically a oh. Democrat. Nick <laughs> My Republicans! I just mentioned the man's Wait, name, Marcy uh, Love. Hanania? Ray Hanania voted for Trump, too, but he's not a technically a Republican. Oh, so, anyway. You're upsetting my tummy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's Marcy Love. And I'm going to start with Marcy. Uh, Marcy and I go way back. Uh, I met her in, are you ready for this, Marcy? It's how old I am. 1990. And I was writing an article about abortion rights and the fight to um, keep abortion at Cook County Hospital. I think that's what the issue was. And uh, Terry Gosgrove, who's been bossing me around since the Reagan administration, uh, instructed me to go out to your house, which I forget where it was, but it was somewhere in the North Shore, and I interviewed you. Do you remember that? I definitely do. Okay. (laughs) I came to your house, and you gave me tea or something, so thank you for the tea. Uh, So I'll ask you first, and we'll turn to Dee and get her explanation. What in the world possessed you to become a Republican? Oh, genetic. My grandmother was an alternate to the first Republican convention after women got the right to vote. My mother was very involved in Republican politics in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, helped start the Republican Women's Organization in Pittsburgh, was um, chief of staff for Senator Hugh Scott when he was minority leader in the U.S. Senate. So, and I met General Eisenhower when I was 14. That dates me, when he was running for the Republican um, spot as president. So he was the candidate for uh, mm-hmm. for president already, or was he running for the nomination? I think he was the candidate okay. already, come to think of it. So that means you were supporting a ticket. Let's just get it out there. That included one, Richard Milhouse Nixon. You're right. <laughs> But I did not vote for him when he ran for president. Wow. That's how bad a Republican you are. Uh, Don't tell anybody. (laughs) All right, Dee. So how did you become a Republican? 
Well, I grew up in Springfield, Illinois. My dad was a lobbyist, actually. Mm-hmm. And so I spent years and years and years going over to the Capitol um, and really finding out from people in my high school when we would go to the Capitol on a field trip who was having an affair with whom. So, I mean, it goes a long way back. Wow. But my dad really was a dedicated Republican. Uh-huh. The name FDR was anathema in our house because of all the things that FDR did, which I didn't think were so bad, but I was told Even constantly. as a kid, you Dad, did you struggle with this as a kid? Did you disagree with what your parents were a saying? A lot, yeah. Springfield was, was and is a very segregated city, mm-hmm. and my parents gave me strict instructions never to go west of 8th Street mm-hmm. because I would get in big trouble. So I did go there immediately because there was a... That's <laughs> at D. You can't tell great, her anything. There was a great chili parlor there. And in Springfield, chili is like a big thing. Mm-hmm. I did not so, know that, yeah. Yeah, oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> I've only been to Springfield chili, a couple times. Chili and yeah. catfish. So I literally grew up going over to the Capitol. Uh-huh. And, I, and I met my husband at school, and he was a Republican, and we just always were Republicans. And the Republicans really stood for a lot in those days. Mm-hmm. It was simply... Fiscal responsibility, wow. public safety, and catch this, the non-interference of government mm-hmm. in people's lives. Yeah, yeah. let's, let's, let's talk about that. I, these are some of my main obsessions, uh, all three of them actually. Uh, not so much the public safety issue, uh, but the notion of fiscal responsibility. And uh, I've been talking about this all day. The headline in today's paper, Donald Trump uh, just found $16 billion somewhere. I don't know where he found, where, where you find $16 billion, uh, D and Marcy, to give to farmers to prop up uh, his uh, insane trade war. Brazilian farmers, two of the, bre- the, two of the biggest uh, recipients of that money are Brazilian brothers. One or two may be in jail or on their way. Wow. Okay. But they live in Brazil. They live in Brazil. So okay. So uh, this notion of fiscal responsibility uh, with the link to the Republican Party has long since been it's extinguished. Gone. Extinguished. Yeah. Gone. And uh, really, all they talk about is cutting taxes. Mm-hmm. But they managed to spend a lot more than they cut. Now, also, um, I'm going to add this: Republicans uh, back in the in your day, definitely, uh, uh, Marcy, when you're talking about in the '50s. Uh, we're not nearly as opposed, well, they're completely opposed now, to civil rights. In fact, uh, many of the champions of civil rights uh, were Republicans. Jackie mm-hmm. Robinson, the first mm-hmm. uh, black man to play in the Major League Baseball, was a lifelong Republican. Right. And uh, even Richard Milhouse Nixon, uh, although I come from a family that just cringes at his name, we were New Deal Democrats. Um, even he was a supporter early on of of civil rights. Yeah. So that obviously, Marcy, I'll start with you, was the party that uh, you inherited or that you took to, right? The party of... Very definitely. And some of my parents' closest Republican friends were people of color and very active in civil rights as well and equal rights and personal autonomy. Um, Mom was proud that the Republican Party 
early on supported the ERA. Mm-hmm. And it was Nixon, a Republican, no matter how badly you might think of him, and George H.W. Bush mm-hmm. for Title X birth control, family planning, that has helped millions and millions of women. So the party has a history of being supportive of women, but it was hijacked, what, 1968? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, some would say 64 was the first uh, uh, start as well. Uh, when, that would be the Barry Gold. Now, did there. you tell me you were at the Barry Goldwater Convention, or did, was it you, Dee, that told me that? My mother Your did. mother was at the Your Barry mother. Goldwater Convention. In and when it was really, really ugly to the point where the National Committee woman from Pennsylvania, and there's only one committee woman, one committee man per state, not not like in the Democratic Party, and the minority leader of the Senate, Hugh Scott, were locked in separate committee rooms, were unable to get out, and there were no things like walkie-talkies or cell phones, so they couldn't communicate as they were trying desperately to stop Goldwater. And then a good friend of mom's, um, an African-American man was sitting on the aisle during one of the everybody convention things, and all of a sudden his uh, sports jacket pocket seemed a little hot, and somebody had put a lighted cigarette in his pocket. Mm. It was an ugly, ugly A lot of time. hostility there. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, so, Dee, was there a, for you, was there any particular issue uh, that really that really sort of forced you away from the Republicans? Any particular stance? Uh, oh my goodness, where to begin? Um, <laughs> well, their treatment of human rights in general, okay? Not just women's rights. Mm-hmm. I mean, Marcy and I are both for human rights as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, their treatment of the LGBTQ community oh. uh, is awful, and that started Gosh, when my husband was in the legislature, he mm-hmm. was there from 1996 to 2011 when he died. Your husband's and name, tell the folks what your husband's name is. Mark Bobian. Mm-hmm. He was a true moderate Republican. Fabulous, fabulous person. And Marcy and I go way back, back to Planned Parenthood days 70s. when I was on the board with Marcy and then dropped off to go to back to graduate school and the next time I heard from Marcy was when she called up during Mark's campaign at a meeting at our house where they were telling Mark that he really shouldn't support abortion rights. Who was, who was the they that was telling him that? His campaign committee, very right-wing Republicans mm-hmm. at that point, which we didn't really realize the extent of it. Mm-hmm. And the phone rings and it's Marcy. She said, do you remember me? She said, I'm with a group called Personal Pack, and we wonder if Mark would like our support. <laughs> I and remember that. that. Oh, yeah. And I said, funny that you should call now. Yeah. Because I have people in the room telling Mark that he shouldn't send in a questionnaire. He shouldn't be vocal on that. But more than that, it's not about just treatment of women, LGBTQ. It's that... A lot of Republicans now are afraid to be nice to anybody. Mm-hmm. Am I right? There's a, um, a hostility for anybody that doesn't think the way they do. 
And uh, now the issue, of course, now the issue that uh, was driving this dissent was uh, abortion, the issue of woman's right to choose. Where, just so, just so folks know, where was your husband's district? Geographically, where was it located? Well, it changed when we had redistricting, but it started out in in the Barrington area mm-hmm. of District 52, and that went <clears throat> all the way up to the Round Lake area communities, um, and that was the, probably the first example of people telling Mark not to pay attention to the people in Round Lake because all they were were disgruntled people that were poor. And that, oh yeah, you oh, know who yeah. that was, I uh-huh. won't, should I say names? Go ahead, <laughs> I, yes, don't look at me. Was a wonderful person called Bob Churchill. Uh, uh, I, I guessed. Yeah. <laughs> and he told yeah. Mark, he said, yeah. don't pay any attention to those people that don't vote. And you know, it's really a waste of your time. And Mark got this sense early on. He grew up in Waukegan, mm-hmm. which is totally a different background yeah. from people in Barrington. And um, it's more middle class, working class. It I is, think. but it's diverse. It, his heart always stayed in Waukegan. Mm-hmm. He had friends from every spectrum, and in Springfield, he worked across the aisle. He worked with Democrats all the time. That doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. All right, uh, so the issue uh, is abortion. Personal PAC, the, the group uh, that Marcy was calling on, is, of course, the one uh, who's a president. Is he the president? Is just the boss man, Terry Cosgrove? He's on he the show everything. all the time. He's a bossy guy. Uh, and, uh, we, went, we hired him in 1989. We had first, I had started it when I was president of Planned Parenthood in 1978, 79, somewhere in there. When two state legislators called and asked for help from the Republican, uh, from Planned Parenthood. And I explained that Planned Parenthood at that time couldn't get involved in the electoral process. And I was told, we'll start a pack. And I went, oh no, I, I believe in the two party system and I'm a Republican. Well, um, I then founded Personal Pack and it really ran from our kitchen table and our kids and their friends would put labels on voters guides that we sent out i stole lists from you can't imagine where but i won't even confess where um and sent out mailings and then in 1989 after the Supreme Court's Webster decision, mm-hmm. we a group of women got together and decided we needed a, a tough pack. But nobody wanted to get behind um, another organization's pack, you know, the organizational jealousy, and personal pack was independent. So then I had to decide if I wanted to take the responsibility of hiring an executive director. So what I did is I wrote letters to 50 women asking for $1,000 in 1989. That's a lot of money. And I got back $38,480. Remember the exact amount, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we then interviewed and the next for an executive director. And the next challenge was, do we really hire a man? Yeah, that's it. No, that's it. Yeah, go For ahead. For a women's issue. All right, talk and, about that. Um, the committee and I 
agonized and agonized and agonized and I would talk to my, uh, talk to my husband about it and finally he slammed his glass of wine down <laughs> and said, God damn it, you are always talking about the person should be the best person, not whether it's male or female. Mm-hmm. If this guy is the best, hire him. And so we did. That was 1989, and here we are. And Terry, mm-hmm. And I, that was a great decision. All right, now personal pack. Tell folks now we're getting to the heart of things. Uh, abortion rights. Personal pack. Uh, their mission is to elect politicians, and I'm doing this off the top of my head. So if I'm wrong, uh, D or Marcy, correct me. Uh, p- politicians who will uphold a woman's right to choose. Did I get that correct? Yes, but, but only. But here the other but. Only within the state of Illinois. Yes, yeah, correct. Okay, right. mm-hmm. and that makes a big difference. And we've helped to elect. A lot of people, and right now we're working very hard to make sure that all these people who said they were pro-choice will support what is called the Reproductive Health Act. Talk about that. R-R-H-A, and we'd really not only like, we need everyone to call or text or email your Illinois state representative. And if you're not sure of the name or how to reach your state rep, go to personal PAC, PAC as in P-A-C, website, and you'll see a link there, and you put in your address, and it will tell you who your state legislator is. And it is imperative that all pro-choice people immediately get to work on this. It's down to the wire. Uh, and, and what would this bill do? And this bill will um, get rid of a great many of the enjoined laws that were enjoined because of Roe versus Wade. And with the Supreme Court and its makeup, we fear that Roe v. Wade will be overturned. And then all of these laws, like needing the man's permission to get an abortion and parental notification and waiting periods, et cetera, et cetera. So this is absolutely key. And uh, listen, I my own personal belief on this is that I think it's absurd uh, that a woman would have to get uh, her boyfriend or husband or whoever was responsible for the pregnancy's permission uh, to have an abortion. I've never understood the driving factor. D, maybe you can help me here uh, why a man would have any say in this whatsoever. Um, because we've been a patriarchal society for so long. All right, well, I guess that sums it up. Uh, <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. Don't you think? I mean, uh, these abortion decisions were not made by women. Yeah. They were made by men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but Almost all of them. Look in Alabama. Well, yeah, go ahead. We're, I was going to uh, talk about this. Uh, but yes, the uh, so while Illinois uh, is trying, and I don't understand why this law hasn't passed already. Please explain that to me. I we mean, don't know. Because we have a, 
liberals. I mean, we have Democrats running the state house, uh, the, the the House of Representatives. We have Democrats running the Senate. We have a Democratic uh, governor, J.B. Pritzker. Uh, I don't see a Republican in power anywhere in the state of Illinois. Women are under siege throughout the country with these insane anti-abortion bills that are passing. And I'm putting these are my words. If you disagree with me, feel free to. But Alabama, Mississippi, uh, Georgia, Missouri, Missouri, people lost their freaking minds. And I would just think it would be just so obvious that in the state of Illinois, where we have Democrats running the show, it would be passing like Except that. Except that, you know, people tend to group all Democrats together, all Republicans together. Um, there are differences within the Democratic Party about abortion rights. It, gets- it, it really is. In the southern Illinois, Democrats don't always support it. So it isn't like Madigan can snap his fingers and get everybody to agree. It, well, okay, it got stuck in a committee by a person in a person's committee that we supported, by uh-huh. the way. But she got lily-livered, or weak need or weak spine, yeah. and it didn't get out right away. And then all the anti-choice people started making lots of noise, yeah. causing problems. And the church this Sunday was sure that there'll be sermons. and Yeah, I think that we're going to be the top topic at mass this sunday (laughs) well what are the uh, objections to this bill i mean uh listen we we had this fight i terry would be coming on the show when i had a show uh what was (laughs) dennis always looks at me whenever i say that uh before i was fired for having a big mouth uh and um a liberal one uh hb40 passed okay and it passed even bruce rauner was ultimately forced to sign it, and that was a bill that would protect uh, the reproduction rights of women in the state of Illinois should Roe v. Wade be overturned, all right? Mm -hmm. That was a central issue there. It passed, uh, and in those days, the Democrats had to worry about overriding, potentially getting the votes to override a Republican veto. Uh, Bruce Rauner, I never thought these words would come out of my mouth. Give him credit. Terry would be disagreeing vehemently if you're here. stood by his old pro-choice days and signed that bill and paid a price for it within the Republican Party. Not that I'm weeping for him. I'm just saying as a fact. Uh, and so I do not understand. I, I, I get you uh, when you say that there's some Democrats who are not pro-choice, mm-hmm. but they're not a majority of the Democratic Party. So if you just have a straight-up vote, Madigan and Cullerton could let his, their pro or anti-choice Democrats vote their district, and they would still have enough votes to pass that's politics 101 i think parental notification is a big big problem and a lot of people i hear them say well you know parents have to give permission for a kid to get a tattoo but they don't have to give permission for a kid to get an abortion but nobody recognizes why that is that kids don't often have a choice and they're raped by their parent, by their uncle, by their grandfather, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but that is a tough one, mm-hmm. parental notification. Act. Yeah, I, I don't. It's scary to people. Yeah, it's scary to people. I don't know, man, I don't buy the uh, analogy. I, I understand that you're just repeating a, an argument you hear, mm-hmm. uh, Dee, but I don't buy the analogy. I, don't I, either, I would not compare just... a pregnancy to a tattoo. 
You get what I'm saying? I don't even, by the way, know why we have a law that, now that I'm thinking of, is there such a law that exists that you have to get a parent's permission to get a tattoo? Yeah, I no, did not know. yes, yeah. yeah. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. I, my kids got tattoos. I don't want to ever ask me for my opinion. Under 18, though, right? Oh. It's under 18. 18. Yeah. yeah. Look at Mr. Lawbook over there. Well, <laughs> I did not but know that. But that is one yeah. of the big things that mm-hmm. people say. I see, okay. And yet, I... Uh, I have three daughters, mm-hmm. and when the youngest turned 21, the three of them sat me down and said, Mom, none of us needed an abortion, but we all agreed that we could never tell you because you would feel that you had failed. You would take it so personally that somehow you as a mother had not given us the morals, the ethics, or address of Planned Parenthood. And I think a lot of young women feel that way. And then, of course, there are the awful things that Dee mentioned. My husband was on the board of an organization that helped with serious problem kids in the Newture Township. And he came home one night, and I don't know that he ever got to sleep. I know I hardly did. But one of the girls that this organization was helping came home from school. And on her front porch were two suitcases and two boxes of her belongings. And she looked inside, and the house was vacant. Her parents had left, had abandoned her. Now, you have that kind of a situation. How could you possibly go to a parent if there were that many problems? Mm -hmm. And there's an awful lot of that. And so how would this bill, uh, Reproductive Health Act, impact uh, parental notification, D? It would remove it as a necessity. So, you know, it's a really necessary provision. Um, Why it isn't passing, we don't know. I mean, we we don't know, we don't have a clue. Mm -hmm. And let me make this point, Uh, there are no Republicans, correct me if I'm wrong, there are no Republicans in the State House who support Reproductive Health Act. Am I correct about that? Yes, sadly you are. In In the the days when Mark was there, there were how many? 17. 17 moderate pro-choice Republicans. And Terry always predicted, if the party continues going the way it is, there will only be one left, and that will be Mark. And he was right, and then Mm -hmm. Mark died. So there's, you know, there's nobody anymore. Mm Mm-mm. And uh, so this is the bill here uh, in Illinois. So this is the fight in Illinois to protect rights that already exist. In other states, of course, the Republican Party uh, is moving far beyond anything I'd seen before. We talked about uh, Alabama law. We talked, I talked a lot about, about that on the show, uh, which would um, make it a crime for a doctor mm-hmm. uh, to perform an abortion. And uh, he or she, that doctor, would have to, would face jail time. Uh, 99 years. years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think, in your humble opinion, and you know Republicans pretty well, having been members of the party, do you think that's actually where most Republicans are? Uh, Or do you think the party's being driven by a very small but determined and well-organized I think you're right. I think it's a small percentage of the Republican Party who are... The most people are moderate. Most people are right in the middle. But if you talk to, try to talk to somebody, we try to find pro-choice Republicans to run, mm-hmm. 
they're scared because they don't want to go through that kind of a campaign because the people on that small percentage, the base of the Republican Party, who are so pro-life, we're all pro-life, but I mean, they're the ones that call the shots. No more can a Republican stand up for women's reproductive rights. Occasionally, they stand up for LGBTQ rights, but that's very rare, too. Mm, I'm trying to think of any Republican who does that. I can't think of any um, at the moment. The one who stepped down, what was his name? Oh, we have to think of a Republican who stepped down. <laughs> That's well, pretty he, bad. He was under some, I can't oh, remember. Oh, you can't. Was it a national Republican or an no, Illinois? No, Illinois Republican. Tom Cross. No, not you, Tom. Tom you, was pro- You talk about that right. Republican, uh, the, the younger feller who just stepped down, uh, and then he, his seat was replaced up in the, um, oh, I, yes. I, uh, in northern Illinois somewhere. Uh, he was an appointee of mm-hmm. Bruce Rauner. Is that who you're talking no, about? No, you're talking about Nick Sauer, I think. Yes, I am talking about no, Nick Sauer. Very no, good, D. Uh, well, Nick is from what was Mark's district. I see. Until redistricting the last you. time. And he's you. now in a different district. Uh, very good for knowing that. Uh, but the guy that I'm trying to think of used to support LGBTQ rights. And when we passed the Human Rights Amendment, yeah. Remember, there were four or five Republican votes on that, and well, I can't remember who any of them were. Well, let me ask Jim you this: Jim Durkin was one. Do, do you think yeah. do you do, do you think that the Republicans are going to have uh, a moment of decision where the moderate Republicans, if they even exist anymore, will openly challenge and fight to take back their party uh, in and in, in, in a meaningful way? Or do you think that more and more moderate Republicans like yourself will find themselves, as I uh, put it, as homeless, looking for a party, ending up voting in many cases for the Democratic candidates? Do you think that there, there will be a fight within the Republican Party to take hold of the Republican Party? After every election, there typically is a small group of people, up in Lake County anyway, mm-hmm. who say, let's get together, let's talk about what we can do. But it never goes any further than that. And and after this last election, nobody came forward at all from the Republican Party. I think people are s- disgusted by it, but I don't know that they will fight. I don't think they're, they don't feel they can. Well, I think the uh, right wing had a long, excuse me, a long range plan starting in the 60s mm-hmm. to take over the party. And although there have been some of us who've wanted to fight back, it would need full-time lots and lots of people all across the country. Mm-hmm. The people I know who call the, who still vote Republican even for the orange man, um, it's because of, it, <laughs> yeah. I, think it, I think it's almost genetic. And it's taxes. And they still have the idea that Republican Party is the party of fiscal responsibility. Well, that was um, in the 50s and the 40s and maybe even early 60s, but certainly not now. But they don't see it. No, they don't. I I do not know how any uh, fiscal responsible Republican 
can stay with a party that just found somewhere under a table $16 billion to give to farmers not to produce. I don't know how any free market libertarian Republican can support a party that supports mm-hmm. a man who just discovered $16 billion to pay farmers not to work. I really don't know. That's part of his strategy, though, too. What do you mean? 45s. I don't use his name. I call him 45. Or the orange. No, you called him the orange man. You called Uh, him the orange man. I call him 45. But first of all, they'll never see the money. This is a re-election thing. I'm going to protect you from the trade wars. Mm -hmm. But they'll never get it. Why do you mean? Why do you say that? That they'll never get it? Yeah, you mean the farmers will never get the money? I doubt it. I got, he's BS? doing it just to rev up his base and to keep the farmers from going against him. And I, so they'll be waiting for that money. They'll be waiting for the money when the agreement is done. So they'll be con like a contractor who works at uh, 45's uh, hotels were con. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or someone who bought uh, Trump's steak. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, uh, or something. Signed up for Trump University. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> those poor farmers. Uh, so it's just. Uh, They're it, losing their livelihoods. Yeah. I mean, it's. He's, he's a snake oil salesman. He's ahead of your party. No. 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 Remember, we're homeless. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a party. Yeah. We're homeless. Okay. <laughs> I can't blame you, uh, you on him. Uh, I won't even uh, try to do that. Um, do you think that um, there Republicans uh, in the Senate, Susan Collins and Markowski, who are usually put up as like the responsible Republicans mm-hmm. or the moderate Republicans mm-hmm. or the Republicans that uh, Democrats can support, do you think uh, that they are going to go to the mat on the issue of abortion rights? They're watching their party in state after state uh, pass these outrageous laws criminalizing uh, abortion, uh, do you think they will uh, stand up on this issue? I think they might try. Susan Collins, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Susan Collins voted uh, in favor of putting two anti-choice judges on the Supreme Court. She did. She, I think, is spineless. I used to support her, used to send her money, say good things, blah, blah, blah. I don't know where her spine is now. I think she's gotten afraid of her own shadow, afraid of what would happen in a primary in Maine. Uh, I think but Lisa Murkowski has more. She, she, she's actually well, an independent. But yeah, she's Murkowski. an independent. But the thing is, people don't want to face the wrath of the right wing of the party. They don't. Mm-hmm. They have taken over everything. The right wing never defeated your husband. They didn't. I don't know how, but I, I, I think beg your pardon. We worked hard for him. You did, but <laughs> you so did you. Personal pack. We all worked hard for him. But yeah. in point of fact, he always was honest about what he thought. Mm-hmm. Never tried to hedge around, and a lot of Republicans now try to hedge around on that. What do you mean hedge around? They say they're pro-choice, but when you question them carefully. Well, I'm not really for parental notification. And, well, you know, you're a little bit extreme. And I do think that's part of the problem. Generally, with our political system, people don't talk together. Mm-hmm. Talk they to don't each other. collaborate. Yeah. They, don't, anymore. they don't cooperate. 
Well, how, oh, let, let's put it to you then, the, uh, the idea of cooperating on this issue. If someone said to you, all right, D, all right, Marcy, uh, I will vote for a Reproductive Health Act, but uh, here's the deal. You got to get that parental notification out of there because I want parents to be have a say in whether their uh, kid gets an abortion because, after all, if uh, I have a say in whether she gets a tattoo, I should have a say <laughs> whether I find I it's such an absurd thing I can't even say without laughing. All right, so would you say, oh, well, this, and for the sake of compromise, I'll get rid of parental notification? No. <laughs> Here's oh, the problem, well, though. We're talking about girls' lives. Yeah, yeah, we are. So and, you know, compromise comes when a bill is being negotiated. Yeah, that's how it works. Well, let me just put it to you this way: I'm pay- playing devil's advocate with you. The other side would say we're talking about the life of a human being. We're talking about the life. Every life is sacred, even when it's in the womb. So it's the absolute for them as much as is the absolute for me or you. So there is no compromise on this issue. Years and years and years ago, really, like 20, 30 years ago, a particular man tried to see if Planned Parenthood and and Illinois Right to Life could find any common ground. Mm -hmm. And so I met with the uh, head of Illinois Right to Life and the man who set this up in some way out restaurant in a dark corner where we could literally, we couldn't be seen. And I hoped that we could work with the Illinois Right to Life about sex education in the schools. And her comment was, no, her supporters don't want to have kindergartners told how to make babies. <laughs> the, okay. <laughs> Sorry. There is no... Uh-huh. Well, that's what abstinence, you know, the Illinois Code for yeah. years preached abstinence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was... Birth control was not allowed in most schools. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, preaching abstinence as a, a way. Like I guess there works. is no compromise. Like See, this is what I'm saying. Uh, the people who talk about um, the old days uh, when uh, legislators worked across the aisle, uh, and generally they were talking, in my humble opinion, uh, D, about bills, let's say like a roads bill or a capital bill or an educational spending bill or a bill that pretty much everybody would want unless you're utterly insane. You don't want government funded. I guess Bruce Rauner sort of falls into that category. Uh, and uh, uh, so um, it, those are the kinds of issues. But on, on, on these really hot button issues, I don't know where the compromise is. So for instance, um, I'll give you an example here on this issue. I have friends who tell me that it's been all downhill, follow me what I'm about to say, for the pro-choice movement from the moment the Democrats agreed to the Henry Hyde Amendment. And the Henry Hyde Amendment oh. was in the 70s, and mm-hmm. that prohibited federal funding for abortions. Right. And I have friends of the vehement pro-choice persuasion who tell me that the Democrats should never, ever, ever have agreed to that because once you agreed to a principle 
that a women can't have abortion, essentially you're blowing up that principle that you stand on. Because if you say women can only have abortion if they can afford to pay for the abortion, then you're not really saying women mm. have a right to an abortion. That's and right. when that guy said that, D, I gotta tell you, I was like, you know mm. what? That made sense. But I remember at the time thinking, well, you know, we're compromising. We're, we're, and I didn't realize that Henry Hyde was a lot savvier. He knew that was like sneaking the, Mm-hmm. The discussion to the right. Do you follow what I'm saying? You did. I do yeah. follow what you're saying. There have been compromises on controversial things. The rape kit legislation, do you remember yeah. that? Both sides of the aisle worked past that. And it was something that a lot of conservative people didn't want to do because they didn't want to find anything out about the rape. You, wait, I, you know, I'm... <laughs> See, sometimes, man, I, I really try, D. I really try to understand my conservative brothers. Want to know that their son had raped this woman? No, that, I mean, uh, the that's right. there was there was there were people who called themselves conservative, who found a conservative quote unquote principle to oppose legislation that would require would do what a rape kit only provided for a woman to be examined when she came in saying she'd been raped and find out if she was pregnant. There's all kinds of things in it that conservative people objected to. They didn't think it was right to spend state money. Oh, trust me. Man, I'll tell you what, the conservatives have lost their freaking minds. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) But you know, (laughs) but but it was, my point is, it was passed. Because both sides and the medical community came together. All right. Uh, Yeah, what I get your point. That's a good point. Although that, for the most part, it's hard. Yeah, it's very difficult. (laughs) The fact that we had to find the rape kit thing was all right. Now uh, we just came through. uh, There was a republic. Not just. It's already been a few months. Uh, Bruce Rauner. I mentioned him before. uh, Was represents the last bastion of moderatism. Uh, uh, in the Republican Party on issues of abortion. I think even Terry would be outraged if I said that, but he's not here, so I'm free to speak. Uh, I would be free to speak if he were here, but he would start yelling at me. Uh, but I do believe that is, that's true. And he was challenged in the Republican primary by Jeannie Ives. Yes. Who um, almost, almost. Yeah. Uh, almost defeated him, yeah. But don't forget, Ben, that he, uh, Rauner, had signed our questionnaire and said his only problem was a concern with parental notification interference um (laughs) and but and then when this bill was coming through he stupidly announced that he would veto it Mm -hmm. that's what got everyone so cross yeah because he went back on his word. Yeah. So then he went back on his word to the right wing mm-hmm. and he had he had no place to go. Yeah. He was in a box. He really had And to that's sign why Jeannie Ives was able to attack him so completely. So he you, wasn't a man of his word. So do you share the opinion uh, that I've come to believe that had Bruce Rauner just said, I ran as a pro-choice candidate. I've always been a pro-choice mm-hmm. candidate. My wife is pro-choice. Uh, we signed a campaign ad in the Chicago Tribune that said we were pro-choice. So you know what you're getting when you voted for me. If you don't like it, vote for Jeannie Ives. Would you, don't you think people would have respected him more? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he should have said that and not gone back in his word. Yeah. I mean, 
that waffling never gets you anywhere. Which was my point before. Yeah. People respect people who stand up for what they believe in. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, that said, can you think of any, (laughs) I'm really struggling here, (laughs) any Republican anywhere uh, who, you know, is willing to stand up without any uh, apologies, without any um, hint of embarrassment to say, I am pro-choice. Can you think of any Republican? Here in this state, Jim Edgar. Jim Edgar was. Yeah, okay. George R- Ryan. George Ryan. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about... Who, re- car- you're talking about current yeah. legislators? No, my mother voted for George Ryan on this issue, okay? 1998. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. May she rest in peace. Lifelong New Deal Democrat. I voted... <laughs> she pulled a Marcy Love on the reverse. She voted for George <laughs> Ryan. I was against her. I, have a, I adored a, George Ryan. I liked him, too. Um, Now? Yeah, now. An elected Republican? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, there are some who are in office, of not as a legislator, but Tom Cross is still pro-choice. Yeah, but he's no longer there. He's no longer mm-hmm. in the legislature. Mm-hmm. I think if you were to take a private poll of some of the oh, Republicans. A profile they and would, courage. <laughs> they, would, they would admit that they were pro-choice. I and see. they don't, but they're afraid to. Yeah. Sure. It means a primary. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's funny. We, we have our local issues that are like that. Dennis and I always joke. There are people coming to the studio. Their names will remain anonymous. Uh, they'll say, Ben, ask me anything. Don't Just don't ask me about Kim Fox. Kim Fox is a local Cook County State's attorney. He's up to her eyeballs in trouble because of yes, Justice absolutely. Oh, yeah. I go, all right, I'll we'll ask you about Kim Fox, okay? Thank you. Uh, no, but I'm not going to ask you. <laughs> uh, come on, D. what do you think about no. Kim Fox? Uh, <laughs> I like Kim Fox, but I, I don't think we better make statements. No, I don't say anything about Kim Fox. I'm not, no, I literally wasn't asking you about Kim Fox, but people tell me, don't ask me about Kim Fox because it sometimes is tough. To come up with an answer, because so, you got someone's going to get mad at you. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, but you know what? It's always the easiest thing to say what you think, say what you believe. It's always the easiest thing. You, you never get, have you to don't worry get, about getting confused. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, if you tell the truth, that's it. And if people don't like it, that doesn't mean I don't like. Mm-hmm. somebody because they aren't pro-choice but i'm gonna say what i think Marcy's but we won't work with thinks. people who aren't pro-choice no. or have them be our bankers or financial no we won't we or won't even tell bankers. those stories uh and uh so i will close with this uh do you think uh, there's any chance in the world that you will be uh, voting for a Republican uh, presidential candidate this time around? Considering that it's going to be 45, absolutely <laughs> not. Okay, all right. No. Absolutely positively <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. Sorry. Which, but... uh, no, totally. You know, and it's amazing because uh, it's, I don't know, amazing is not the right word, but it's interesting. I will bet you any amount of money that the current president of the United States was probably a big time supporter of abortion back in his rock and roll days in the 60s. 
in the 70s. And he donated extensively to he Planned did. Parenthood. He did. Oh, yeah. He has a long history of donating. No, I'm, I'm stunned that he donated anything because the guy has a reputation for being cheap. Well, well, up 10 bucks, maybe. Okay. I, I have no idea how much it was, do you? Uh, no. But if Planned Parenthood had a gala there and he wanted to be seen, he'd uh, pay for the gala. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. That Donald Trump, uh, in order to uh, get uh, get the Republican nominee nomination, just sold whatever. Well, it's hard to say he sold his soul, but... Uh, no, I don't think he had. I yeah. don't think he had. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, you don't want to say that because, <laughs> hey, guys, you can say whatever you want because tell you what, there's not going to be one Republican who votes for that bill one way or another. You could come up there, Marcy Love, and go, I love Donald Trump, and oh, it's no, still not, not going to get. Oh, yeah, not, yeah, I don't no, that's not going to happen. Uh-huh. The, and we should remind people to call your legislature. One more before we leave. Give be, that re- because say that. it's go to the personal PAC website. Most people don't even know who their legislator is. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is go to the website. There's a thing you click on that says find your legislator, legislature, and they'll put it put, right through. And it's crucial. In. Even if you think, for example, the guy that represents my district is totally not for the RHA and isn't for any form of choice. I still call him and Does say, he take your calls? Oh, he always sends back. No. Are you kidding? <laughs> Sorry for asking. No. All I get yeah. is a is a little letter in the mail or a postcard or an email that says, I will take your consider your opinion into consideration, mm-hmm. which is totally wrong. But people speaking up is important. And my state legislator, Robin Gable, uh. is very pro-choice. Mm-hmm. But I do call her so that mm-hmm. she feels in a way that there are people covering her back mm-hmm. and are supporting what she's doing, mm-hmm. even though she's totally with us. That's Robin Gable of Evanston. Robin yes. Gable of Evanston. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that district very well, and it goes into, I think, Wilmette. Maybe up to Winnick. Winnick mm-hmm. All the way up to Winnick. All right. Before I let you go, I don't care which one does it. Uh, maybe you should do it together. Spell personal pack so everybody knows how they can get a hold of it p-e-r-s-o-n-a-l pack p-a-c beautiful uh dot com dot org dot org it's dot org uh hold on we'll have dennis looking it up as we speak we're gonna get it right all right because it matters i know i always get them mixed up too com org personal pack Hmm? Org? It's org. Or it's org. org. You okay. got it right. Uh, you got it right. Uh, Dee and Marcy, it's a blast uh, talking to you. We're going to have to bring you back. I had a lot of fun. Uh, my two Republican friends. You guys are the worst Republicans I've ever met. No offense. <laughs> we were at one time good Republicans. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, great. Re- you're my favorite kind of Republicans, the kinds that don't vote for Trump. That was my joke. Charles Barkley. 45. 40. Oh, my sorry. Charles Barkley is the same the way the basketball man. announcer. He's a, he says I'm a Republican, and then he never votes Republican. My favorite kind of Republican. Uh, anyway, uh, maybe you will find a candidate. Uh, I wish you this. May you find a candidate in your party that you feel at home with 
And then maybe I'll feel at home. If you feel it, Marcy, if you feel that way, Mar- I think Marcy's more liberal than I am, actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see if Marcy, how long she would have survived at that radio station, huh, D, with her liberal views. <laughs> Get out of here, Marcy. Um, anyway, uh, I hope you find a candidate uh, that can lead you home. Otherwise, just you're just going to have to be homeless. be homeless, right? <laughs> but you know what? You're always welcome on the Ben Jarafsky Show. How about Thank that? Thank you. Thank right. you, Ben. It's been fun. All right. Very good. That's D. That's Marcy. I'm Ben Jarofsky. See you on Tuesday, everybody.